0: Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters. Today's show, The Desert Pea and the Frontier Wars March on Anzac, was produced in the studios of Radio 2 2X Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne Fitzroy, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters brings you environment and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. Today's episode is about the Frontier Wars March on Anzac. The Australian Frontier Wars were a series of conflicts fought between Indigenous Australians and white settlers during the British colonisation of Australia. The first fighting took place soon after the landing of the First Fleet in January 1788, and the last clashes occurred into the early 20th century, as late as 1934. The most common estimates of fatalities in the fighting are at least 20,000 Indigenous Australians and between 2,000 and 2,500 settlers. However, recent scholarship on the frontier wars in what is now the state of Queensland indicates that Indigenous fatalities were much higher. Tim Bottom's book, Conspiracy of Silence, says that 60,000 people, mostly Indigenous, were killed in Queensland alone. These conflicts, known as the Frontier Wars, are not recognised by the Australian War Memorial. Veteran activist Graham Dunstan has been at every Frontier Wars March on Anzac with his beautiful banners. Here is his description of the Frontier Wars March on Anzac.
1: We'll
2: be um, on parade again this coming, this Anzac Day. For eight years now, there's been a march, a Frontier Wars Remembrance March on Anzac Day, led by Gil and Michael Anderson, who initiated it in 2012. We were only few then, but now we're on hundreds. And we march up Anzac Avenue, tacked onto the end of the RSL parade, all this negotiated with the police. And when we go through the crowds, the spectators for this march, and they're largely military people, and it's a, it's a growing crowd. There are 5,000, they reckon, last year. Spontaneous applause. Yeah. This is the people saying, this is a good idea. But when we get to the perimeter of the Australian War Memorial, a police line forms and tells us we're not permitted to enter. So this is the politics of the situation. The Australian War Memorial is recognising every other conflict that Australians have been involved in overseas, but will not recognise the frontier wars, which have killed more people than any other war and radically transformed the landscape and the Australian society. Why do we try to forget it? Why do we bring it into consciousness?
0: Michael Anderson is one of three people who set up the Aboriginal Tent Embassy in 1972. He initiated the Frontier Wars March on Anzac in 2011. He remembers how the idea started, and his tears of joy and sadness as the march approached the Australian War Memorial.
3: Seven years ago, after we had a, a sovereign union meeting in Canberra, and it- Just coincidentally, coincided with the Anzac Day seven years ago, 2011. Next morning, I said, oh, let's go and do something and show our support for our fallen dead who fought for our country. But the ones who fell on this land and shed blood on this land, defending their own country and um, supporting our uncles, grandfathers and... um, Um, who went to, fathers who went to war, both in the whole war, the Crimean War, um, and all the wars since then that Britain's been involved in, but Australia became part of. It was a reflection of the memories that we have and we hold dear to those people who who fought for land rights way back when. And it was a solemn um, occasion for us. But the beauty was that when we marched to the crowd and walked through the crowd up the cenotaph i you know it became a very emotional um, moment in our lives and uh, because the applause was so great it was enormous you know and, and everybody the white and black people who were marching at the time you know we, we all shed tears because it was it was it was uh, you know shedding tears of uh, of understanding that. There are people there who understand. There are people there who accept this here, and there are people there who are supporting it, and they don't say anything; they just clap. And, and um, you know that that, that was high, very very emotional for a lot of people, and um, and uh, we all felt it. It was a wonderful feeling, and so the tears were, jo- were joy, and uh, the tears was you know for those who, who we were representing. It was a wonderful experience. And it has been ever since. I think, I think Australia should demand um, that a truth commission be established. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and, and, and that this truth commission include a complete mapping and recording of all death sites, kill sites in Australia. And that um, where these are identified that um, they demand that the Australian and state governments make monies available to help the Aboriginal people bury their dead because a lot of these people, their bones are still scattered on the ground. They've never been buried. I hear you. You, can't, you can't have reconciliation in this country while our people's bones are scattered on the earth from being mass, mass slaughtered. I can take you down to where the, my, my fifth-generation grandmother passed where her family are dead, with other tribal members, of Muruwari, Bar, and the and Yualia, where they're all dead at a place called Hospital Creek out of Wewarano. I've taken people there, uh, special bone specialists, and they've identified the human remains as opposed to animal bones. They're laying on the surface of the earth, and and I th- I've told Governor uh, Hurley in New South Wales, I said, mate, you, we can't, we can't, you can't heal, and Aboriginal people will never heal and we will always be angry and and have a and feel that we're, that we're nothing while we, you leave our people's bones scattered on the ground out there, and you have no regard for that.
4: My name is Ned Jambijan Bahagraves, and I'm one of the Walbury tribe. My language is Walbury, and I come from Yundumu, west of Alice Springs, which is about three hours' drive, 300 uh, kilometres. One of the things that a lot of lot of our people were massacred. There were there were lots of killing, and they were moved from communities to other communities. Uh, one family would go to another community, and uh, this was a force of white people saying who and where they could go. And in those t- early days, were really, really, uh, really um really bad. They were telling people to go wherever they wanted to. Which is actually wasn't a very good idea. It wasn't a very good idea to have families moved, uh, go there, go here and everything. So um, yeah and also we have uh, we have made a video on Constance um, massacre and um, I think um, a lot of those stories that were told was uh, sad for our loved ones that, uh, that I've been shot by white uh, people, Korea. and uh, when I say Korea it's white uh, people and uh, yeah, it, it isn't it is not pleasant um, to have those things happening to our people, so yes thank you.
0: Uncle Ned are you planning to be on the Frontier Wars March On Anzac? On Anzac Day? (laughs) What are your plans?
4: Yes, uh, I would love to, because I I want to remember those loved ones who actually fought as well as um, being murdered. So uh, I'm looking forward to that.
0: I asked Uncle Ned what he thinks about the recent decision by the Northern Territory government to allow fracking. So,
4: angry... Our lives are in danger, and our children's children and everybody in the Northern Territory are in danger. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is called Tarugu, and it's sacred in my language.
1: Of us. Our culture is not for you to break. Our connection to the country, our children's future is not for you to take. Dadugo, Yonder, yonder, when get by one the dad my
0: Was Ned Hargraves and his song about fracking, Daragu, and the music you can hear with dig and sticks in this program, was a recording of the soundscape at the 2016 Frontier Wars March on Anzac. Earth Matters. The Frontier Wars March on Anzac is in the spotlight. I've been talking to Michael Willard Anderson, Ned Hardgraves, and Graham Dunstan. And now let's hear Hazel Davies, a florist who tells the story of the desert pea as an indigenous blood flower. Hazel is teaching others to make desert pea wreaths
5: to commemorate the Frontier Wars the last three years, um, I've been looking at how we can combine the desert pea, sometimes known as, as dirt's desert pea, um, as a putting it into a wreath for memorial to remember the Aboriginal massacres. And I'm using that flower because in my studies and career, I've discovered that that flower has the same song line as the white man's Flanders poppy. So that it is a memorial flower or what we know as a blood flower, which commemorates those who've fallen in war or have died in some way related in uh, times of conflict. So we're looking at um, bringing the desert pea flower forward, which has that same song line, and to tell the whole story of, of um, Australia's beginning with between white and, and black history. Australia sits under a motto of Lest We Forget, and that's commemorated all over the land. Even at sunset in RSLs, you stop eating your steak and you, and you uh, have a minute's silence and you sit under that motto, lest we forget. But that's all very well uh, if you're a white man. If you're an Aboriginal lying unforgotten on country across this land, then you are not commemorated And bringing these two flowers together as a florist that's been working with Ritual in the War Memorial space for the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. um, I am experimenting with the idea of raising this flower in the public psyche as a flower of remembrance, because if we show uh, the average Australian a Flanders poppy, a little silk war poppy, they can tell you the story that goes behind that flower. And even children can tell you the story, and I got to thinking that this little desert pea could also carry the story of uh, loved ones lost and not recognized as well, and have the same public recognition as the Flanders poppy does. I know you've been talking to Aboriginal
0: people about this, and um, how have you been received, Hazel? Davies, florist,
5: activist? It's been a long road of um, and a gentle walk. The Desert Pea Bloodflower song lines are touching on great sadness that goes back to uh, the birth of white and black history and that sadness has perpetuated into Ongoing genocide, grief, and brokenness that that walk with us today, with our First Nation people who's who suffer from the the consequences, and so I had to be very careful about handling this flower as a as a white woman. Uh, the the poppy was safe to hold because it was my song line, and I'd grown up under that narrative, but I felt that I um, had to be very careful moving into a place that was handling and looking at a story that didn't belong to me, that belonged to the custodians of the flower. And so it was a long hunt um, and coming in slowly into their space and asking permission to tell a story and tell an idea. And three years ago I walked into the Anzac Peace Camp at the invitation of, uh, I saw an ad saying, you know, it was okay for white people to come and tell story, and around the campfire. And so I walked in there, and I, I met some uncles for the first time in my life, and they received me with grace, and they let me tell the story, and from then on, I began a, a journey to study where the songlines occurred of the desert pea and who they belonged to, and. Only recently I found one of the senior custodians of that flower and those song lines and um, they have uh, graciously allowed me to continue to sing the song of the pea alongside the white man's poppy even though the pea song doesn't belong to me. We could work with wreaths, floral wreaths, and Bring them up as part of the Frontier Wars March and present our own wreaths. But this time we would use the desert pea, the um, Aboriginal blood flower, the one that carries the twin song line to the Flanders poppy. And and we've done that for the last three years. And because we're walk, walking up in, in, in peace and tranquility and dignity, we succeed in doing that because it's only one nanosecond after the Prime Minister puts his wreath down that the military service, the time frame ends and any member of the Australian public standing on Commonwealth ground can lay a wreath, lay their own war wreath. And we're first. The Frontier Wars people are there waiting. We're first and we've successfully laid desert pea wreaths for the last three years. The difference this year is that in the... Uh Camp on the run up to Anzac Day. I'm going to be there every day. I'll be camped in, 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 in the Tent Embassy area and I'll be making up commemorative floristry wreaths. I'll be doing them from one end, uh, the, the high polished military protocol version that, um, Australia sees royalty VIP, but also I want to show people how they can gather their own materials from where they're just standing around them and they can make their own wreath so that wherever they are in country, if they find out where their, their unremembered loved ones are lying, they can make a commemorative wreath right there and then and they can lay that wreath on the day their people died. So this action around the Frontier Wars is a national action that we hope will then um, sow seeds nationally across the country in time and place for the rightful memorial of aboriginal massacre in to the degree the same degree of dignity and ceremony and honour that the anzac ceremonies have in the australian psyche and graham was just referring to the police line that divides us We have the military ceremony happening. We have all of the Australian officials and war officials staring back down Anzac Parade, and we look at them. It's another mirror image situation, and between us is the line of police. Up one end, the War Memorial people and the officials are singing the song, the Australian white song line, Lest We Forget. In Flanders' fields the poppies blow, we shall remember them, their names shall live forevermore. No greater love has one than to lay down his life for another. The whole ideal of mateship and being there and fairness and accountability is being sproiked from those steps. And 50 paces away, the forgotten are looking back at them. And one wonders how long this tension can keep up. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is making little handmade desert peas with children and adults out of felt and a bead. It costs a couple of cents and it takes only a minute to make. And um, a child can make one and a child can hear the story of the truth in in a small moment uh, whilst they're doing something creative. I was making a pee with a woman at Confess just recently and her head was down and I thought she was having trouble making the twist but then I realised that there were tears dropping onto the table and she looked at me and she said this. She said, ''Why are we not allowed to touch this story?'' Why are the Australian public not allowed to look in the cupboard? This is the skeleton in the cupboard. We all know it happened. Why do they tell us we must not touch it? What are they afraid of? And then while she was making the piece, she said, this is the first time I've been able to physically, symbolically touch this story as a white woman. I don't know how to grieve and I don't know how to say sorry.
2: I think it's really timely. And I think your Desert pea has legs, if I may so, so, That I can see in five years' time people spontaneously, not waiting uh, for the RSL or the Australian War Memorial, but spontaneously making, lest we forget the frontier wars, Desert Pea wreaths and lay them, laying them on their local war memorial. It'll become a people's movement. I'm very much, when you say can't touch this story. Well, the story is being, the history, Australian history is being written all the time, of course, but from the 70s, recognition of the frontier wars be, begins big time. There's lots of scholarship on it. Mm. Uh, what's the transition we're experiencing now is community participation and, and expression. The ceremony of these stories is now being enacted i point people to the latest quarterly essay, Bruce McKenna, uh, A Moment in Time, it's called. But he's a historian who's covered the frontier wars and colonial culture. And this essay is um, saying, now, given the mood of the Australian population, how far we've, we've come since the, the 70s and how far we've come since the Howard days and the history wars, Uh, As was demonstrated this um, Australia Day, the national debate, it's obvious there's a yearning to recognise this Australian past and integrate it into our present culture in some way, ritually and ceremonially.
5: At the last Confess Festival we were at, one mother said to me, you have just taken a piece of felt and a bead and some T-shirt material and in two minutes... You've told my child the truth in a way that they can understand. The child said, why are we making this little red flower? And I said, well, we're making it as a special flower to remember the sad things that happened to our Aboriginal people when the white people came to live with them. And this child looked at me and said, oh, yes, they died. And that child would have been about seven or eight years old. And I said to the little one, I said, now, when I was your age... I didn't know that, and it was a significant moment for me because I could see that the young needed to hear the truth and were hearing the truth, and they had some understanding of it. They're picking it up, so we, we've got a great work to do.
0: You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced in the studios of Radio Two X Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples. For Radio 3CR in Melbourne, in Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at Earth M Radio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. I'm Beck Horridge. The last minute of Earth Matters, let's hear some Gurumul Yunupingu.